Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my God, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my God, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Lindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome, everyone, to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 Turtles movie one floor fallen through minute at a time. Uh, those are hard to do on the fly sometimes. <laughs> you should probably write them down ahead of time. You should. I am Scott Tofty. With me for our last show of the week are our regular hosts, Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Hello, team. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. And joining us for one final time this week. The uh, uh, co-host of Real Comic Heroes, Mr. Travis Bow. Hey, how's it going? It is good. Travis, have you enjoyed your time? This has been excellent, yeah. So, Travis, I have two questions for you. I'm going to ask you one now, and I'm going to ask you one at the end of the uh, the show. Okay. The first one is, which turtle do you feel most uh, represents you or that you can relate to the most out of the four core group? And I guess you could you know, pull in ancillary characters also. Which Turtles character do you relate most to? Um, uh, Raphael's always been my favorite. Um, whether I'm most like him, probably not. Probably more like Donatello. Now, what what version of Raphael do you like the most? Like cartoon Raphael or this version? Movie Raphael. The, uh, the cartoon was always a little too, I don't know, slapsticky, almost too, almost too Sticky. sarcastic. Um, his brooding wasn't brooding enough. Right. Yeah. 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 There was not much brooding about the cartoon version of Raphael. And really a lot of the later versions of Ninja Turtles, I never really got into. It was kind of like, this is, and was my Ninja Turtles, you know, some of the animated stuff I watched here and there. I, I enjoyed the, the what? 2004 TMNT uh, animated movie. Oh, the CG one? Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, something Geller. you said 
something someone said earlier in the week about, you know, making sure to use their turtle abilities. That was one thing I liked about that movie in particular, you know, showing that the trailer, especially the first time you got to see them move, they were moving in a way that, you know, you can't do in this live action version, but it was also, you know, exaggerated and showing off their ninja abilities, but then also, you know. Yeah, the first teaser trailer for that movie was amazing. Yeah. Because it was just them running across the rooftops. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this is the turtles I've been waiting yeah. for my whole life. I feel like and I need to was, watch that movie again sober. I kind of do, too. It's got, <laughs> it's got moments. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> it maybe tries to do a little bit too much, but we'll save that for a weekend edition. We'll save that for Turtle Soup. Nice. Um, but anyway, so that's the one question I wanted to ask you. Okay. I'll get to the other question at the end of the show. Um, but here we are in minute 45. Starts with uh, Michelangelo making a Wheel of Fortune joke because everybody loves a good Wheel of Fortune joke. Mm-hmm. I thought and everybody ends. loved Vanna. Everybody still does love Vanna. We still love. She Vanna. hasn't aged. She still got it. She's man. like sixty something now. Seventy. Yeah. She's old. She has not she's... aged in twenty years. It's amazing. It's I think she's actually a mummy or like a robot or something. Yeah. She, she, or she has some. She's sort a of prototype weird... from Westworld. Yeah, she has some pact with some dark force. Or it's like a Dorian Gray thing. Like there's a (laughs) photo of her somewhere that's aging and she's getting younger. There's a rose under a glass somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the minute ends with Donatello kicking a foot soldier in the face. Good way to end the Um, minute. I like that this minute takes place on two separate floors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've traveled through three levels of this building um, and none of them have been with, uh, uh, you know, we, we haven't changed levels willingly on any of them. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the way that they've traveled between floor to floor has been pretty harsh. Uh, these guys Expedited. are going to be sore in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, so we see Mikey and Donnie. Mikey's on the floor on his back, and he makes the, you know, I thought everybody loved Vanna joke. And then the guys with the axes, the prosciutto, ka-chunk, come ka-chunk, after ka-chunk, him ka-chunk, again. Ka-chunk. The prosciutto. <laughs> and we we see Mikey on the floor, and then we see Mikey rolling across the floor. The editing gets weird again. Yeah. And then Mikey's on the floor again. And there's a lot and of then- Donnie doing not karate. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. kind of barely swinging his bow, going, yeah, ugh. Yeah, just oh, spinning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sound that Corey Feldman decided to make there that someone let him do is the <laughs> most. I don't even like in context of a Ninja Turtles movie. Fine. In context of you're fighting people because you might die right now. That's the sound you make. <laughs> that is more distracting than any of the tennis players who like grunt and groan obscenely at at the opens but like mm-hmm. it's just it's it pulls you away from the fact that you're in a life and death fight right now Hee-haw! like do you think he was just ju- joking around in the the sound booth and they're like yeah we're gonna keep it <laughs> it was b-roll that they ended up you know just using yeah um <laughs> i don't know the there is something interesting that i wanted to point out here that i've never noticed before um I have the cursor paused at 21 seconds into this minute, minute number 45, and it's Michelangelo saying the only thing safe in the world would be the trees, and the corner of his mouth and his shoulders are slightly red. It almost looks like they did, like, turtle makeup to make him look like he's bruising. Hmm. 
which if that's what that is, super cool attention to detail. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice little yeah. touch. I never noticed that. Yeah. His, uh, I like it. Corners of his cheeks are like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. And then we get to uh, one of the best lines in the film. One of the most quotable <laughs> lines in the film. Adam, you want to do this? It's my favorite line. The, uh, the I'm not so sure this is, uh, structurally speaking, such a good time for your uh, buddies to drop in. It's, it's another one of those musical, like, <laughs> it's, it's got... A rhythm and cadence to it. He also licks his hand and then slicks back. N- non, they do, they do that a lot in this movie. They're yeah. like, oh, "Let me adjust my non-existent eyebrows, my hair. Let me, let me, let me, you know, facial tick with face I don't have." Yes, they are definitely copying uh, what they've seen in movies. Mm-hmm. I also remember saying that line one time in a really crowded elevator. Oh yeah. Like there's already way too many people in the elevator and it stopped at a floor and it opened nice. and these people were about to get in and everybody was looking all like, uh, should these people get on this elevator? And it just came out. Like nice. I just said that line almost perfectly. And everyone in the there's, elevator started laughing. There's so many lines from this movie that can be used in real world examples that really have no business being used in a real world example. I can't tell you how many times I've gone, tell me, you didn't pay money for this. Yeah. <laughs> They're like uh, in Star Wars Minute, they called them like secret secret Star Wars quotes, you know. Yes. The 94 yep. and, you know, just there's so many of them. But yeah, the boring conversation anyway. Yeah. yeah. I all the time use that one. Yeah. All Heard the time. a slight weapons malfunction. I care. I work at a call center at work, so so every time like I lose a call or a call gets dropped, I always go boring conversation anyway. Mm. And for a while, there was I'm this... fine. We're fine. We're all fine here. How are <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> How are you? There, for a while, there was this guy Luke that sat next to me. So like every time <laughs> I started saying that, he would roll his eyes because I would eventually turn around and go, "Luke, we're gonna have company." <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, that's oh. just perfect. Then. Yeah. <laughs> that's meant to I, be. I feel I feel like I should say before before we you know before they collapse through the floor the uh, the Vicento that get get brought in the 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 axe gang action um of you know these ninjas clumsily chopping around with their big like two-handed axes uh is very much um uh, like a throwback to to or it's a callback to kung fu movies uh that you know like uh, like uh, have been seen like from the 70s through the 80s 90s there's some more like famous examples um after this movie like in legend of drunken master ip man kung fu hustle but this concept of a gang of people wielding axes is very much like uh something that's that's strong in kung fu movies and would have been known to like uh, what was it Golden Harvest that put this movie out yeah like they, yep. the idea of the bad guys all getting together and for some reason having axes is is what they uh, it, it's it's a it's an established thing uh, and so it, you think that was a contract thing? They're like, we'll produce this this ninja movie, but we've got to do a scene with a bunch of axes. I don't think it was a contract thing. I think it would be a matter <laughs> of somebody in the choreo- somebody like uh, doing the choreography, somebody doing the the writing would have called like me. In the they bag would of know tricks. to call back to this as as part of the bag of tricks. It's like if we want to destroy April's apartment and get down to the next floor, how can we do that? Axes. Axes will definitely do it. <laughs> We've got Let an me axe ax guy. You a question. <laughs> it's uh, it, it you know not, not to get uh, like not to make things more serious, but uh, like the trope itself like goes back to apparently uh, during Japanese occupation in China during World War II. There, was, I think it was in Shanghai it, or, or Hong Kong. There was somewhere uh, like in South China. There was actually like a faction of like youth that was resisting Japanese occupation that used just like axes. 
Like they, they seriously chop people up with, with axes. They were like led by a 15 year old, some crazy stuff. And, uh, it's, it's a big part of uh, Kung Fu movies. So there we go. Getting dark again. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I keep doing that. I'm the dark one. Oh. Remember that time we were talking about Ninja Turtles and 15-year-old axe murderers? <laughs> so did you one guys of ever... these things is not like the other. <laughs> did, uh, was it al- always obvious to everyone else that there was someone in the lower, I guess, in the antique store waiting for the roof to or ceiling to collapse? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Because it took me years to notice that. They seem awfully ready. (laughs) Because you can see in the wide shot when the roof is collapsing, or I guess the floor, when the floor is collapsing, Mm -hmm. someone puts their arm up to kind of block the dust from their eyes off on the right-hand side of the screen. And it – Yeah. For years, I I didn't notice that. But then – Travis, I'm not going to lie. I just noticed that for the first time now. Oh, Same. (laughs) There's also someone on the left too. There is I someone think, hiding. I think out there's over an there. arm like coming up. There's like a like an upper torso. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean uh, they're so, incredibly lucky that they just happen to be standing off to the yeah. side where the ceiling isn't collapsing. Or right, that was right. some really strategic axe wielding. Like, yeah. like they were giving them a hard time for not hitting the turtles with the axes. But maybe that was the that was the <laughs> idea plan. the whole time. It's like just take out the floor. We'll t- we'll take them <laughs> on. It's, like, in, it's, like it's gonna be dramatic, guys. Store. <laughs> like that Warner Brothers gag where they saw around someone, but it's <laughs> yeah. to make the, the other character go away. Yeah, the, the whole floor drops, but just the, yeah. the circle that was cut out stays. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, I've. With the extra people that jump in that Donatello talks about making it structurally unsound, I counted six there, and then I count 13 people in this antique store. So that puts puts it at, I think, 37 foot total. Definitely enough for a clan. Yeah. I never counted them um, up on the roof, so... I don't know also, if some of those guys Well, Chris are, got a number. He gave us yeah. a number back in that minute. Yeah, it yeah. was like uh, just under 20. It was like either 18 or 19. Yeah. And April so, fell through the floor too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that bugs me is that all the turtles fall through in the exact same spot, but they weren't standing near each other when they fell through. Oh, yeah. Right. Huh. Like they were in different places of the apartment, I believe, number one. And number two, like was Tatsu planning on making his way upstairs no, I think or this was were the they just going to hang plan. out down there the whole time? Like I, that that lends credence to that theory. That, like the plan was to get them into the basement mm-hmm. because he's just waiting with a whole other army of people. Like <laughs> it would have been really boring if he didn't need to be there. If they took care of the turtles on the, they on had the this well floor. planned out. Yeah, I think it's uh, you start at the top, you weaken Raphael, then you go to the next level, weaken or you know tire oh, them out there, a little yeah. bit, and then you bring them down to the bottom level and then they're, and then you hit them with a fresh wave of a foot. So it's kind of three stages of an attack that helped to kind of weaken them. Fresh. And foot. I love the, the, the music cue that hits again when we see Tatsu for the first time, down yeah. there, when they reveal that he's been sitting down there with this big orchestral hit with this drum roll. This is the only piece of music I think we've heard so far that has been purely orchestral mm. in the score. Everything else has either been like synthesizers or the electric guitars hmm. or, you know, some other amount. I guess the, the Casey Jones Park music 
I'm trying to remember what our, our that was like a guest called that kaleidoscope. Ding, 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 ding. Calliope. Calliope. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Not kaleidoscope. <laughs> um, but there's not a lot of orchestral music in this score, and when it gets you like this, it's a very like as good as the score is. It's a very disjointed score. There's so many different kinds of musical things going on in this, but yet somehow it all fits the movie perfectly. Well, I mean, like switching to the orchestra right then and there would kind of let you know, like now things have gotten serious. Exactly, and that's yeah. that's kind of my point is that they use the the changes in instrumentation and timbre very well in this score. Um, another quotable line: "Attack." Yeah, <laughs> just that and the hand gesture. I I can't say how how often I you know use that when playing. <laughs> oh, I guess he doesn't say attack. Not when here. does he say attack? It comes when uh, they attack Casey in the next few minutes. Oh, gotcha. Kind of the same you. thing, just just the second time he uses his words. Yes. Also, when, <laughs> when the uses his words. When the, the the ninjas rush in, the foot soldiers rush in, it cuts to the the three turtles and Mikey is making the weirdest <laughs> face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did like, notice that. Like something smells bad. <laughs> like something something broke in the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> or he's having a, a turtle stroke. And they didn't catch it until the Sneezing. end and they were like, well, we can't sh- reshoot this. Just leave it. <laughs> It's one of those quick shots that doesn't really, yeah. you know, affect too much. I do like that the first thing that Leo does when they charge is he covers Raphael. Oh, yeah. Like, he gets very protective for a moment, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a nice little touch. Um, And then we get that flying face kick Donatello to, to round out the minute. Um, So I guess there's not a, a ton of stuff happening in this minute. But it does lead us very nicely into the the next phase of this battle. It's really interesting that it's such a long sequence from the the fight on the roof to the fight on the middle floor to the fight in the basement. We're we're clocking in at over five minutes of screen time here. And you still probably um, have another what three minutes? Another another few to go. Yeah. Broken yeah. up by Casey coming in and his little monologue that he delivers and yeah. then you know, spoiler alert, the whole place catches fire. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. I um, hope April but, has good insurance. Uh, yeah, well. Or with, that she with can... all that stuff in the basement, you'd think she'd have to. <laughs> Man, do you think she gets a really good settlement for this? Hmm. I hope so. Maybe that's how she affords her incredible apartment in the next movie. Because yeah. her yeah. apartment in Turtles 2 is stupid good. Like it has it like it's, just du- it's two levels stage. or something. It's like on the. Yeah. It's, an, it's, a, it's a Manhattan apartment. Yeah. With she a has spiral, like spiral staircase, staircase to the roof. Which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. Uh, she must have cleaned it's up. It's like, when did you get really the offices of Skirling Cooper, you know, Traper Price? Like, what? What? No. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, we'll save that for Secret of the Ooze minute, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that wraps us up here, which brings me to, Mike, my, my final question. We've been mulling it over all week. Your favorite quote from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the most in-your-brain, earwormy line of dialogue from the film is? I think it's uh, Raphael when he finally wakes up and just says, you know, yeah, yeah, all right, Leo, get a grip, will you? 
<laughs> <that> very well. <laughs> he uh, wants some food. Yeah, yeah that's one. That's of those, one like, I didn't even think. Of. I think you're the first person to say that one. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a. It's. It's. I can't even. Every week we talk about this, and it. It. I can't believe that we're still talking about how quotable this movie. Yeah. Did I call you, Mike? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I did that last week too. You've been calling all I of our calling guests more. Mike. I'm just gonna start introducing all of our guests as Mike, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> we had a mic on like what five weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> but then you did it again. Just, you know why? Because Michelangelo. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Oh, that's a good Mikey, cover, buddy. Mike. Yeah, good cover. But yeah. Travis already established that he's a raff. Right. You're a yeah. raff. I know. I just my brain doesn't work. It's it's late and we're well. we're old. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. But anyway, what the hell was I just saying? Uh it, it's quotable. It's an incredibly quotable movie. Yeah. And I'm going to continue talking about this for every week that we do this. It's I it just blows my mind how insanely fun this movie is to to call back to. Yeah. Verbally. But uh I think that wraps it up for us guys for week yeah. 9. Adam had a little uh, musical treat. Oh, you still want to oh, call please. back to the, uh, the oh, harmonica yeah, we sound I mentioned the, yesterday. This, this, so yesterday's oh, minute no. we talked about the sound that uh, <laughs> the sound that gets played when Donatello spits the water, and you mentioned uh, like a harmonica thing. Well, backstory: um, a, a friend of mine w- was taking care of his grandmother uh, in kind of the, her twilight years, I guess you could say. And he was he was living with her, and we would hang out in in their basement. And his grandmother had like years and years and years worth of old records. It was like almost the entire bottom floor, and they were kind of cleaning out the house at one point. And he was like, "Dude, anything you want of those records, you're more than welcome to." And I, I grabbed so many things. There was like a lot of like calliope music, circus music, uh, like marching band standards like a lot of philip souza but i found this harmonica quartet album (laughs) that was just four guys in varying degrees of harmonica one of them was playing this like giant i guess bass harmonica Mm. but that's a thing i've discovered that sped up like to the maximum speed that my turntable could go to was hysterical but anyway uh, i'll just play a little Little taste here, and if you listen to the end of this, that's it. It does sound a lot like what happens when Donnie spits the water out at the foot soldier. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll buy it. Let's say that that sound is a sped up, seventy-eight RPM harmonica music. Why not? Um. I think that ends our minute nicely. What a good note to go out on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so uh, Travis, Real Comic Heroes, R-E-E-L, is where we're going to find you. A movie review podcast. You're going chronologically through superhero movies, and you said you're on Octopussy right now. Yeah, yeah. Superhero we're Juice in the Bond. 80s. I love the Bond film, so that's very exciting. I'm going to go check that out, too. Right on. Um, you guys can get at us, duelinggenre.com. All the other great podcasts there. Check out our Patreon, moviesbyminutes.com. Go to our Facebook group, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute on Facebook. Uh, and at TMNT Minute on Twitter. You can catch us all over the place. Talk to us. Chat with us. Who knows? Something you tell us might end up on a show. Something that you need to know we might be able to answer. 
Uh, and I guess that leaves us with one thing left to do, and that's to say goodbye. And we will see you next week on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Cow. Uh. Bung. Uh... <laughs> oh, best one yet. <laughs>